Welcome to the Experiment Podcast, where we talk about life and business and how they daily intersect. I'm your host, Laura Doughty. Let's get to some real talk. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Million Dollar Monday. Is there going to be a crash? style. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. I thought based on the fact that we're so close to the election and this topic seems to keep coming up, I thought it was a perfect time to talk about is there going to be a crash? So let me just get straight to it so that you know that you, this is worth your time to listen to. As I tell all of my agents, all of my buyers and sellers, the numbers never lie. So I'm not going to be giving you my opinion today. I'm going to be sharing data so that you can form your own opinion because the data, those numbers, will point you into the direction of the actual facts of what's going on in the market. Of course, we know that the mortgage industry has been telling a bit of a soap opera story about the, their concern of the distressed properties coming to the market as of April, since all the forbearances were allowed to begin around that time of 2020. So they had 12 months to be in forbearance. So those numbers are a little bit skewed for those people that have gone into forbearance, even though they may be sitting on a stockpile of cash. There's also the question of, is this the market the same as it was in 2005? But how can it be when the market is so crazy? So that's what we're going to be talking about. And let's, as I always say, get to the numbers. All right. So if you are listening via the Experiment Podcast, and if you don't, always please check that out at theexperimentpodcast.com, please make sure that you go to monarchrealestateconcierge.com because today I will be actually sharing numbers while I talk to you. I will be switching over to my slides so that you can actually see the data and like I said, form the opinion for yourself. So those of you listening on the experimentpodcast.com, be sure to go to monarchrealestateconcierge.com and you will be able to see the slides there. But otherwise you can listen in and hear all of the data here as well. So now let's get to that data. So as I have been sharing with you in previous weeks, the biggest story of the year is our critically low inventory. The available inventory of single family homes on the market is at 563,000. Uh, that is the dark red line on the chart. Comparing that to our normal seasonal curves of the last five years, you can see that there are dramatically fewer homes for sale, 41% fewer homes on the market than this time last year. So what's fascinating is that this is all price points, essentially everywhere in the country. And the only exception to that would be those, what we call Zoom cities, where the inventory is extremely tight. There, It's even worse than what it is across the country. So prices are skyrocketing there. And while people are moving out of San Francisco and New York, they're moving into places like Tahoe and the Hamptons and other places. There are lots of opportunities there for people that uh, want to get a deal, but some people are 
just because of COVID, et cetera, are still not looking at those as deals. So that's a kind of a odd phenomenon, but that's only in really those two locations. It's pretty much true across the board that uh, there's record low inventory. And we can talk about how this is a function of low rates, lowest rates of that we've had in decades. And then that's also coupled with the millennials who are now in peak buying, despite the prices of homes are still going up. The supply crisis clearly is mostly about demand this year. And the way that we know that is by looking at the new listings per week. So each week there's a new group of houses that get listed for sale. And you can see over the last four years, this was 70, 80, 90,000 at a time at this time of year. It's about 70,000 homes coming to the market right now. In 2020, we've had about the same number of houses coming to the market as we normally would. So you can see in the dark red line here that it's been the same as the last four years. Yet they're, they're buying everything in sight. So they buy super fast and they are absorbing more than we can bring to the market. So total inventory is falling about one to 2% per week, every single week, second, third, fourth quarter, with the exception of March, of course, when everything was shut down. So around January, it'll be the first signal of the first quarter on the second week, second or third week of January, we're probably going to see around it go from 563,000 homes to likely under 500,000 homes and maybe under 400,000 homes, depending on how much absorption happens through the holidays. And of course, that also depends on the rate. The median price home is around 352000 And you can see on the red line here on the chart where we've had many years of climbing prices and the little blue dots here are the year over year. And you can see the peaks and valleys of our normal seasonality. And just so you are clear, the data that I have is all current data, whereas other data that you're going to be provided, say from CoreLogic, is for the past two, like previous two months. So what you'll probably see over time is that CoreLogic will catch up with this data that I'm sharing with you. And just for a little bit of history, in 2018, it was a very hot market. And then mortgage rates started climbing, if you recall. So price reductions reached higher as demand cooled off in 2018. So you can see it got to the top of this band of safety. If price reductions climb above like 40%, 45% nationally, that's a weakness signal for the market where you can see the market index here of 35% for us overpriced, but 45 had to take a cut. Half of the stock has to take a price cut. And that is a signal that the organic levels of demand are weakening. So that will be your indicator as to if there's anywhere that you can really start to see a difference in the market is if you start to see that organic level come down below the 35, where it becomes more of a buyer's market. Right now, pretty much the entire country is in a seller's market. So translation, the houses on the market are going to have to take price cuts. And that means that the transaction prices in the future are going to be lower. And that means that new listings as they come to the market, you know, we're talking about more in January, February, they'll see that other people are taking price cuts around them and they'll come in at a little lower as well. 
So right now we're bouncing around 25, 26 range of you know price cuts as opposed to 35 to 40 normally this year. Again, as you can see, very, very low, which is an indicator that there's no environment for a crash. Okay, so now let's get to the catalyst for the conversation about the crash. Besides what's going on with the election, the mortgage industry says repeatedly, and even the feds have put out a recent memo that they have concern because consumer faith and belief in the economy is waning. So they use that as a barometer to, to show concern over what they're going to do moving forward. But the mortgage industry says that they're bracing for a big wave of April foreclosures. As you may know, we have had as many as six and a half million homes in the forbearance program not paying their mortgage. And interestingly, this is where we look at comparison with 2005, especially folks who lived through that crash of 2006, 7, 8, and 9. We're very sensitive. So when home prices are skyrocketing, a lot of people get a very concerned. Then you also recognize the number of unemployed. So there must be a crash, right? That's just kind of the common equation. So how is this different from 2005 and six? One of the biggest differences is that in this year, we've had $700 billion of home equity gained as home prices climb. So valuations have been climbing almost year over year. And that means if you haven't been paying your mortgage this year, your evaluation for your home is actually gaining equity in this time. And so as a result of the six and a half million homes that started in forbearance, only 3.4 million are actually still in it. Yes, that's still a lot, but again, that's also being incorporated into the FHA, which if you miss 180 days of payment, you're automatically put into that default category. The other piece is that the FHA homes come in at a lower down payment, therefore there's less equity. So those FHA loans are legitimately a concern for what should be coming onto the market in April or start to show themselves in April. So, but again, we're talking about 3.4 million homes when we normally have an inventory of homes for sale of around a million. So just to kind of give you a, a barometer there. And again, compared to 2005, the difference being that people would walk away from their home and just leave the home and, and it would affect their credit, where now there's so much equity, they can still walk away from their home and sell it and actually make money. So completely different situation here. Again, to reflect, we've looked at the days on market, it's still climbing, the prices are still climbing, the demand is still high. And maybe you're someone out there listening to this and you're saying, I still don't have a job and I'm not sure what to do with, with the airline companies starting to do their situation as far as the number of jobs lost and the banks, et cetera. The implication is, is that you don't have to walk away in a foreclosure situation. You can walk away with cash in hand. Yes, you do need to move fast and yes, you do need to consider selling, but Unlike 2005, you have options now. So let's get to what it is that is really scaring everybody. 
And that is the data from the Mortgage Bankers Association. They have ranked some of the markets that we're seeing being the riskiest markets for a crash. And they listed a few of them, Houston, Atlanta, San Antonio, Riverside in California. And what they did was they, they took the percentage of mortgages, especially the FHA mortgages, that are in delinquency and how much of the market is that. It shows in their estimate, cities like New York, for example, has a lot of mortgages in the forbearance program. A lot of their FHAs are not being paid right now. And in that some sense of a risk of the market in New York, it's actually really low because there's obviously a lot of homes with a lot of equity. And so again, the same situation, it's all about the percentage of homes that are actually going to default versus the ones that have equity and the homes where people are just using forbearance to store cash. So the truth is it's actually a really low risk based on what the Mortgage Bankers Association is looking at. And what I thought we would do is I would compare a city like Atlanta so that you can see the difference in what their data shows versus what the actual market is showing right now. So let's get to that and then we're good to go. So Atlanta is a good comparison for the question about, you know, are we similar to 2005 and 2006? Because you may or may not know Atlanta got hit hard in 2005 and 2006. And Atlanta is also a very strong inbound migration market. As you can see, the action index is at 55 and the price per square foot is gone up. The days on market have gone down. We actually would de-risk this because the market is significantly stronger. And we've also had lots of equity increases year over year, 330, 380 this year. So like 15, the price gain, you can see a little bit when you look back at the price range quadrants using the price market segments, which I always talk about. That's very important for you to break that down because you need to know where you are based on your price point. This is really powerful information because it depends on the high end of the market, maybe behaving differently than the low end. And Atlanta here, you know that the high end of the market is at 8.75 and there are a lot of big homes, relatively new construction, data markets at 169. On the other hand, the lower price 200s to 300s are significantly moving faster. And as a whole in the region, you can see exactly where the demand is. It could be that one segment starts to get more impacted in the, in the spring. And if I had to hypothesize, I would guess that, that we would be looking more at the low end market as a concern, the 300s, because there's, that's where there's more likely to see a risk these are ones that are more likely to have the FHA loans with a low down payment percentage, so you have less equity buildup. These are also likely to have economic trouble if they were to lose their job. So these are the ones that in the spring, come April, that we'll need to watch out for, for the days on market climbing. And our prediction is if we look at 
the percentage of homes with price reductions and we look at the market segments, you know we can take out the high end of the market and just look at the bottom of the other market right now. And the lowest stuff in Atlanta right now is only 21% price reduction. And they're moving super quick and they're not paying price. But if this climbs, you can see normal times, it might be 30. If we see a spike in spring, it's because people are in trouble and these people need to move their houses more quickly and the demand has fallen away. So those are the signals and the leading indicators that you can rest your laurels on and trust and sit your clients down and make sure that you educate them. And if you're out there and you're one of those people, you need to know that you need to sell your house as long as you have equity and you've got cash in your pocket in this crisis, you've lost your job. It's really important to, to be ahead of the market, to get in front of it and we don't want anybody to get caught. So this is Atlanta. You can see this as an example of what is going on. So there you have it. The numbers will tell you the story. And if you want to stay up to date with what is going on for your specific area, then by all means go to lauradowdy.com forward slash market report You'll see a video explaining how to see that report that I did, for example, for Atlanta. You'll see multiple different cities there, but don't worry. If your city's not listed, just click on any of the cities and in the search bar at the top, you can just put in your zip code and keep up to date. You can sign up for that report. It gets sent to you every week so you know what is going on in the market with your property in your price point and you won't be caught off guard. Get those numbers for yourself and let's finish 2020 strong and have a fantastic start to 2021. Thank you for joining me for my Million Dollar Monday. I love bringing y'all these reports. So thank you so much for tuning in. And next week we'll have a little more fun, a little less serious. I'm going to take you to Hilton Head, South Carolina, one of the places that I have loved my first place I bought a house and share the market report for there. But it's also an idea for you for what you're going to do for the holidays. If you want to travel for, to the for the holidays to a great place like Hilton Head, I'll also, of course, on my experimentpodcast.com, do an extended report for places like Vail, Jackson, and Maui. So holiday trips are planned. And I'll take you to a couple of different places to give you an idea when you go visit them, what the market will be there. Grab your market report, go to theexperimentpodcast.com and make it a million dollar Monday. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of The Experiment Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Dowdy underscore L-E for live. Excellent. Go make a difference, y'all. The world needs you.